0: First, I want to give a shout out to anyone listening, and especially those of you who have clicked the follow button and are downloading weekly. This past week, we hit 10,000 downloads. And to be honest, that's something that we thought maybe we would accomplish by December. And so to hit it on August 1st, which is when we hit it, to hit it on August 1st, it like totally shocked us. I cannot thank you enough for taking our idea and making it part of your week. I am sincerely grateful beyond words that you would take the time to, to listen. And like I said, to click the follow and to download, I feel kind of like Paul at the beginning of of Romans. In Romans chapter one, verses seven through 12, he states this. He says, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we were to liken that like Nephi tells us to, it could read, To all that be out there listening to the Go and Do podcast, Beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. And I do. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. As a side, we've been looking at some of the demographics, and I just want to shout out to America Samoa. I'd like to shout out to Mexico, England, Denmark, Germany. Shout out to I think we hit Chile and Colombia, and forty-six of the fifty United States, maybe a little bit more on the last count. So we're grateful that your faith is spoken throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit and the gospel for His Son of His Son, that without ceasing. I make mention of you always in my prayers, because I do pray about these lessons and what to put in them, making requests, if by any means now at length, might have a prosperous journey by the will of God. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. And I really do. I wish that I could see every single one of you and get to know each of you and hope that as you're listening to this podcast, you... Feel like we're just chatting in your living room, or as it may be uh, currently, we're chatting in a bedroom. That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and of me. I know that we can be strengthened by each other's faith, and that is really one of the reasons why we brought together the podcast and why we why we do this is to strengthen our own faith candidly, and to help strengthen the faith. I'm going to own it and be rationally self-interested. I hope to strengthen the faith of my own family, and then from there on to reach the rest of you. Now, we are in the books that are considered to be epistles, which is to say letters written by church leaders to saints in various parts of the world. I don't know about you, but it's pretty cool when you receive a letter from a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Paul wrote most of the epistles here in the New Testament and Romans, and Romans is actually one of the last ones that he wrote, even though it shows up in our copy of the New Testament as the first one. Now, there are some terms as you're reading these epistles that I want to ensure that you understand. Because if you don't understand these terms, you're going to be reading going, the, what is this even talking about? So the first term that you need to understand is the term the law. When the epistles or when Paul is referring to the law, in his epistles, what he's really talking about is he's talking about the law of Moses. And when he's talking about works, he's talking about outward actions. So we've got law, law of Moses, works are outward actions. So let's kind of apply this, right, since we know that is now. So we go to Romans chapter 2, and we see these words in action if we jump into Romans 2, verses 11 through 15. So in verse 11, for there is no respecter of persons with God. I love that. God loves all of us. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. In other words, we're going to be judged according to the amount of the law that we have received. And on the other hand, we won't be. Or in other words, we're accountable for what we know. So for whatever level of knowledge of the gospel that you have, that's what you're accountable to. Because you have that particular knowledge. So then he says this. For not the hearers of the law are just before God. But the doers of the law shall be justified. Whoa. He just introduced another term to us. The word justified is sprinkled throughout the entire book of Romans. And doers shall be justified. To be justified means to receive a remission of or pardoning of sin. To be forgiven or declared guiltless we're free from eternal punishment now I don't know about you but I want to be justified in the end I want to be forgiven I want to have a remission of my sins I want to be declared guiltless and free from eternal punishment so here he's saying wait the doers of the law shall be justified or those who are actually obeying and actively living the gospel will be the ones who are going to receive this remission So then we jump into 14 and 15 for when the Gentiles, which have not the law do by nature, the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which showeth the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the means while accusing or else excusing one another. Now you may be saying to yourself, that was awesome. What in the world did you just read? right? I actually have been sharing some of these verses with my 13-year-old, and the other morning as I was sharing verses, I said, okay, and I'd read the verse. I'm like, so what did I just read? It's my favorite answer, and I know it's true. She'll look at me. She's like, I know what all those words mean, but I can't tell you what you just read. She's a very well-read individual, and she gets the words. She just doesn't necessarily know what it is that I read. So let's look at verse 15 again which show the work of the law. Remember, works are their outward actions of the law, the law of Moses. But this is the key, written in their hearts. The law or the gospel is a part of who they are. In modern day, Elder Bednar and others have called that the fleshy tablets of your heart. Does that sound a little bit more familiar? Or more like 2023, right? That he's saying, okay, we've got to have this written in our hearts hearts that are conscious also bearing witness in their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another so that's where we find reference to law and works and justified now there's another one that's going to come up and it also comes up here in Romans chapter 2 and that is circumcision you are going to hear about circumcision throughout the epistles And circumcision, while it is a physical thing that generally in the year 2023 happens to a newborn, it would happen as a symbol to a Jewish-born child, the same way that it does now, but with the uh, rabbi. That being said, some of the Jews were getting uptight saying, hey, unless you're actually circumcised, you're not really part of the house of Israel. Now, circumcision, you need to understand, was a symbol uh, or outward appearance of an inward commitment. Can you think of anything in the year 2023 that we have as an outward symbol of an inward commitment? We have tons, if you think about it. Christianity as a whole uses a cross as an outward symbol of an inward commitment. CTR rings can be used, and also clearly the temple garment. So, in Romans chapter 2, still, if we look at verses 25 through 29, we get to see some of these words again working together, okay? So we start with, For circumcision verily profiteth if you keep the law, but if thou shalt break the law, the circumcision is made uncircumcised. Now, again, we're going to use Nephi to help us out and liken this. So let's use the temple garment, and we'll replace circumcision with the temple garment. For the temple garment verily profiteth if you keep the law, but if you breaketh the law... Thy garment is made as though you don't have a garment. That's what he's saying. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Again, do you get what he's saying? Like, if you're keeping the law, even though you haven't been circumcised, don't you get credit for obeying? And shall not the uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter in circumcision? doth transgress the law again this is one of those things i know some of you have had these conversations with your parents where you're like yeah well I'm, i want to date this this kid because it, it, he's not a member of our faith but he treats me better than lds boys do that that's what this is saying that sometimes those who have made the covenant aren't living the covenant and sometimes people who aren't inside of the covenant live the covenant better For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Here's where it becomes important. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Or in other words, what matters is where our hearts are. Remember, is it written on our hearts? Do we have the law on our hearts? Now, one of the ways that we show that we have our the law on our hearts is through our actions and how we respond to certain things. So I have a song that, like, helps me out when I get into a jam. The lyrics to that song actually are found here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And... It is something that has helped me for a couple of decades. And it goes like this. ashamed of the gospel of Christ can actually have a rippling effect and can end up impacting multiple individuals. Let me show you what I mean. One of the things that I loved to do when I was full-time inside of a seminary classroom is I would try at the beginning of the week to ask how people's weekends were. And I will never forget a unique volleyball player from Davis High who shared this particular experience with me. She was on a comp volleyball team and was headed out of state. And so she was on a flight. And so as I said, hey, what happened? Anybody have something really fun that they want to share from the weekend? Hand shut up. And she said, I met Elder David A. Bednar. And I said, wait a second, what? And she's like, yeah, we were flying as a volleyball team. We didn't even notice that he was on our flight. He actually noticed us. He came up to us in the middle of the flight and he sat and talked with us. And then she said, just in case that you don't all believe me, here is a picture. And sure enough, here is this group of volleyball players on an airplane with Elder David A. Bednar, like right center. I said, well, how was the conversation? He said, well, he asked what we were doing and where we were going and, and what high school we went to and a little bit about themselves. Elder Bednar, in this moment, really understood one of the things that Paul is hoping that you and I will understand in Romans 2.21. In Romans 2.21, he says, Thou therefore which teacheth another, teachest thou not thyself? Did you catch that? When we teach others, we're actually teaching ourselves. Or in other words, it's really difficult to teach something that you're not. I remember one particular conference they talked about how the youth can smell hypocrisy like the scent of fresh-baked bread. So it's really hard for you and I to teach something and encourage people to do things that we simply are not. Well, if you know me well, you know that I am a General Authority superfan. Like, I freaking love them. If they had jerseys, I'd be collecting them. I Yeah, I fan a fangirl big time on General Authorities. And about a week after my student had shared that experience, I actually boarded a smaller plane to fly to do a session of Best of Especially for Youth. And as I got on the plane, I noticed seated in A2 a gentleman by the name of Elder David A. Bednar, who's reading the newspaper. And I had one of those moments where it's like, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. And so what do you say? Well, you say, of course, hello, Elder Bednar, as you walk past to which he looks up and he said, hello, and I walked back and was seated in my seat in 12A. While I was sitting there in 12A, I felt impressed to write Elder Bednar a thank you note, to tell him about my student and to tell him about the impression that he had had on her and how grateful she was for him, not realizing that really what she was grateful for was the ministering to one. Well, in the process of doing this, I got my thank you note written, and then I realized I was in kind of an interesting situation. You see, seated in A in 12A, 10 rows behind elder Bednoir, how am I supposed to get this thank you note to him? I thought about tapping the person seated in front of me and saying, can you pass this to the person in A2? thought that would sound really kind of weird. So then I thought, okay, well, maybe... I ask one of the flight attendants, right, when they're doing the drinks and stuff, like, hey, can you deliver this note to the person seated in A2? I found myself in a really, really rough dilemma. That being said, one of my songs for the summer, I have a playlist, and I only have one Taylor Swift song on my playlist right now. I'm going to own it. Like, do I like a lot of Taylor Swift songs? Yes. Did I go to the concert? I was one of the fortunate that was able to attend. Yes. Yes. Do I have a lot of songs of hers on my playlist? No, but I have one. The song that I have has the lyrics, Karma is a cat purring on my lap because he loves me. I love the idea of karma. Now, the reason that I love the idea of karma is because of something that Paul teaches. In Romans 6, did you know that Paul teaches about karma and that it is a cat? Just kidding. He doesn't reference a cat. But he does say this. He says, no, you not. That to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey His servants ye are; to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or unto obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Or in other words, we are the servants of what we obey. Or as one really smart therapist once said, we are what we think about the most. So if you're thinking about football and the football team that you are about to play on this fall, that's what you are. You're a football player. If you are thinking about, those of you that are parents, about work all the time, that's what you are. You are your profession. We become what it is where we allow our hearts to yield, our hearts and our mind to yield. So then he says this, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your member servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity even so now, yield your member servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become a servant to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and to end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Did you catch that? There's your karma. For the wage of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Well, I wish I could tell you that I gained courage and just walked up to seat A2 and... Handed him that thank you card, but I didn't. So I tell you about karma, though, because seeing Elder Bednar on that plane was more significant to me than actually seeing Taylor Swift in concert. Both of those experiences were awesome, but the one I would take over the other. I would take seeing Elder Bednar because of what happened next. Well, the plane lands, and I still have the note in my hand. So I determined that I would give it to him myself in person if perchance he happened to be in, I don't know, the hallway thing where you get off the plane. I don't know what that's called, the hallway thing. I know you know what I'm talking about, the hallway thing that walks you into the airport, right? Well, as I get out, sure enough, he's standing there. And so I walk up to him and I say, Elder Bednar, this is for you. And I hand him the thank you note that I've written. And he takes it and he thanks me and he tucks it into his suit pocket, his internal suit pocket. And then I say, by any chance, would you mind if I take a photo with you? Because my students, and I explained to him that I teach seminary, I said, my my students will never believe that I saw you. He's like, not a problem. So I took a picture with him. We'll, we'll try to include that so you can see it on on Instagram. So I take this picture with Elder Bednar. Now, that would be a great ending to the story, right? But remember, we're talking about karma, and it's a cat purring on your lap. Why? Because it loves you. And God loves us when we're trying to do things that are right. And so we have to take a look a little bit deeper. See, Romans 3, part of the reason we don't do some of the things that we know we should is because we kind of anchor ourselves to Romans 3, but we don't anchor everybody else to Romans 3, verse 23, which says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We like to read that scripture for I have sinned and I'm short of the glory of God, but you over there, you're not. You are so freaking righteous. But the reality is, is all of us have. And because all of us have sinned, a really great thing that that Paul talks about here in these chapter 5, verse 8, about this. I love this. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I love that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But what? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ offers us grace which is the enabling power or the divine help or strength. He wants to help us through. Which by the way grace is another word that you've got to understand as you're reading those epistles. Well remember this is about karma. And about a week and a half later I received a letter from Elder Bednar. Remember at the very beginning, I said, wouldn't it be cool if you got a letter from an apostle? Well, I received a letter from Elder Bednar thanking me for the thoughts that I had shared with him and for telling him about the experience that my student had had with him ministering to the one. And then he invited me to do what Paul has invited us to do. See, there's a reason that I love Romans 1.16. It states what? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed through faith on his name, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. We're not supposed to be ashamed of the gospel, but rather we're supposed to live by faith. The law of Moses, or the law of the Old Testament that we studied last year, was fulfilled through Christ. Our works, or outward actions, do matter. Because the reality is, is those actions are a walking advertisement of your inward convictions. Whether you want them to be or not. They simply are. I mean, think about it. The way that you dress, you dress that way because that's an advertisement of how you feel that day. So does circumcision really matter? No, what really matters is if we have the gospel written on our hearts, does our inward conviction match our outward actions and vice versa? Does our outward action match our inward conviction? Why? Well, because of karma, because of karma. If we're following God and doing our best to do what's right, in the end, God will bless us along the way and with amazing blessings at the end. If we choose not to follow him, it may not look too bad, at least not right now. I'm reminded of one of my best friends from high school who while we were attending Utah State, he left the church and I came across him on campus, and he was sitting there smoking. And I walked right up to him, and I said, John, what's going on? And he said, nothing. He's like, you probably didn't think you'd see me smoking. And I said, John, there's a whole lot of things that surprise me, but this doesn't surprise me. Like, everybody's going to make their choices. You, You do you and make your choices, and that's cool. And we sat and talked, and finally I said, now, I loved hearing about your mission. Can you help me just understand some of your choices? And he said, you know, I love this. This is a direct quote said, you know, wickedness never was happiness, but I'm sure having fun along the way. Now listen to that rationalization. Wickedness never was happiness. He's telling you. Deep down, I'm not happy, but I am having fun. But fun is fleeting. And I don't know about you, in the end, I I really want eternal life. And you can have good fun along the way and still gain eternal life. So that's it. That's really what this first part of Romans is about. Will you go and do just that? Will you go and not be ashamed of Christ? It's going to look different for every single one of us, but if you ask with real intent, Christ will show you what that looks like for you to not be ashamed. Maybe this year to not be ashamed in Christ as a school year starts as you're actually going to attend seminary every every time and not slough seminary. Maybe this year you're going to commit to and read the Book of Mormon from cover to cover because that's what's coming up at the beginning of the year in January. Maybe this year not being ashamed of Christ is when somebody starts speaking bad about somebody else. You stand up and at least stop the conversation. Or maybe it's just simply you, you refrain from joining in. There are so many different ways every single day that you and I cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So, will you go and do that? Will you go and not be ashamed, but rather live by faith? I know that Christ will bless you as you do. So, let's go, not be ashamed. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Go and Do podcast. We would love it if you would leave us a review and click follow where you listen to your podcasts. We'd also appreciate hearing from you. Feel free to email us at Podcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Instagram at Podcast. The Go and Do Podcast is created by me, Ken Shoup, and produced by Kami Fisher. We love having you follow along and look forward to hearing from you.